0: George Kilpatrick, inspiration for the nation, celebrating people we feel good about. At last, at last, we get London Ladd here on the program. London Ladd is an artist. He's an illustrator. He's a muralist. If you drive down South Salina Street and you see Frederick Douglass on one side and you see Martin Luther King Jr. on the other side, that's this brother's work right here. And it's fitting that as part of the Martin Luther King Jr. Celebration, the art gallery that will be taking place uh, next Sunday as part of the Martin Luther King Jr. 39th Celebration at the JMA Wireless Dome. It's funny, I've been listening to my conversations and I slip back and forth between the other branded name of that facility, and it might Mm -hmm. happen tonight. Charge it to my head, not to my heart, JMA. I know y'all paid some money for me to remember that. But you know, it's been twenty-five years of the other thing, or more—um, thirty-five years of that other name. Wait, almost forty years. All right, forget about that. But London Lad, uh, certainly, his books have have, uh, have have made history all across this country. Uh, but he's our own London Lad from right here in Syracuse, and so we're excited to have you here, London, and um, I'm excited to talk about. The work you you'll be signing some of your books let's hold up some of the books that you'll be signing at the uh, so let me tell you, before you hold those books up, let me just tell folks that at 415 with your dinner ticket the. art gallery as part of the month Luther the King junior second year that they've done this will be open and local artists will be there to share their works and so London is one of them learning let's see one of the books, you will have
1: for sale, that you will assigned books. Uh, yeah, this one is by. It's called "You So Black." It's based on a poem by uh, Teresa. Pull that right up there, the brother. Pull it up so we can see it. Yeah, love it. Go ahead. That it's it's a it's a, it's just based on a poem. It was a uh, by this poet named Teresa the Songbird, who in uh, 2019 she did a poem, her poem at the Bounce Awards, and it went viral. And it eventually became this book. So I am responsible for the artwork that's in this book. So you see a lot of... It it just really takes something that's a negative, which is like you so black that you this or you that, which used to be something more probably negative, And it turns it into, you know, you so black, you know. Uh, you so black, when you smile, the stars come out. You so black, when you're born, the God comes out. Mm. So it's it's just every page is just filled with you know affirmations about the beauty of blackness and what I love about this book is it's not it's not just African American this goes across the oceans this goes across to other countries anybody who is of color anybody who is black can understand and relate to this book so i for me it was important to really make this book beyond the borders mm-hmm. so anybody who feels like you know wants to really reaffirm their blackness in that book. Like, that's what that book is about. And then you have another book. Yep. And this one is Black Gold. And this one uh, is a beautiful story. It was just basically about creation and about a mother's love and about what she's speaking into her child and how beautiful her child is and that she, you know, the universe and her creation and the uniqueness that she, he, or she is as as the child. So I think it's it's like a really triune where it has really the mother, the child, and the universe are all kind of in one relation with each other. It's 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 a great story. Um, they're they're both amazing projects that I'm you know so happy to be doing because you know I've been illustrating books since two thousand and seven. And for me to be illustrating books still, you know, it's been a long journey because it's, I've been lucky enough to kind of get into this business of primarily I'm, I'm a children's book illustrator, even though I do editorial stuff and murals and magazines and stuff. But my first love is picture books. And to be doing it so long, I'm, I'm really thankful for the tenacity to, to really be doing this and the favor that I have been given with people believing in me for projects and may and entrusting my vision for these words, these, these sacred words that these authors have written. Um and I just I just cannot be any more grateful, but I feel like I'm in this renaissance of my career because it's funny you talk about the mural around that time of the like around 2016, 2017, I was in a really bad place and I just wasn't feeling creative and I didn't know if I want to do this anymore because I just feel like I wasn't... I wasn't... The work that I was doing was... I really enjoyed it, but it really didn't feel like it was me and my the way I create. So it's like I took some time away and some personal things happened, but when I was contracted to do that mural, that mural was, when I did those murals in 2018, in that summer, I was in a place that was so vulnerable that I just didn't want to create. But to me, coming out every day for six weeks, five to seven, five to six days a week, and doing that, that, that those murals mean a lot to me because the, where I am now and the way I'm creating now, those murals made it possible for me to... Um, be here and to still keep creating. What, did, what, what, did, what
0: happened that you lost yourself in the creativity of your work?
1: Well, uh, I think the one thing is, when you look at the early part of my career, like when I did the, my first debut book, which is March On, The Day My Brother Martin Changed the World, written by Christine King Ferris, uh, the late Christine King Ferris. Um, and she's the sister of Dr. Martin Luther yeah, Jr. She's yeah. the oldest sister. She was. And, um, you know, doing that and then the books that followed all the way up until like Midnight Teacher, that I was kind of stuck into the civils, mm-hmm. which was the civil rights era and the civil war era, slavery and, and, the, and the, you know, civil rights era. So it was like I was felt like I was really locked in mm-hmm. and I wanted to do more work that was much more expressive and a much more contemporary, something for the now something that can kind of transcend just this day. Um, I wanted think, I wanted to do books that were like really uplifting of Black representation and Black empowerment and Black excellence. So that was like, I wasn't getting those projects and I had to kind of step away. And by stepping away, it was a big risk. Thankfully, I, I had a great agent who let me create. And then I went back to grad school. That was another thing. I was at Syracuse University. And that just allowed me that space to really figure out what do I want to do
0: and And so you found you're calling London Lab. He's an illustrator, artist, um, muralist <laughs> editorial person. you you get called to do all these different things. and but, um, what I learned about you is, I, and I, it's kind of an emotional for me when I think about you just have a passion. For Black representation in art. Talk to me about that passion and where that comes from.
1: Well, it, it, the thing where it really comes from is because I always felt like I wasn't Black enough. Mm. Because my mother, she's white, my dad, Black. So the way that I speak, the way that my hair looked, it was something that I was, I didn't, I never felt Black enough in my, for the longest part of my life. Um, so when I got into my 40s and I'm still dealing with that identity, like that, where I am I black enough? Am I black enough? So when I was doing my thesis, it was on black representation, and I needed to kind of really come to grips to by talking to other, you know, blacks, African American, anybody about identity and representation, and I was I was amazed at how other African Americans, uh, like they really feel, at some point they don't feel black enough. And I was like, okay, so I'm I'm not alone in this. Mm. And really kind of digging into that research, and and doing my thesis on it, and writing six six thousand words on representation, for me, I felt so relieved in the sense that I I am I am black I am black enough I am more than and so I wanted that to shine through in my art. Mm-hmm. So when you see um, like in You So Black and, and the like I, I love the pages in it because I wanted to show, you know, the beauty of blackness. And I think this poem embodies it, you know, when it talks about black as pyramids and mathematic, black is melanized in magic. You know, just seeing, you know, you know, how blacks go and everything that, we laid our hand in is in in excellence and that's what i wanted my work to show so when you see like on my website and you see like a lot of the work that i do londonlad.com yes yeah yeah, londonlad.com look in the mixed media section and you see just a lot of black joy you know i don't i don't want to deal i don't think it's necessary for my career and this is not to say for any other Black artist, black illustrator, somebody who's doing the works because we all got we all gotta what we do is what we do in our career. but at this juncture in my career, I want joy. I want to see black joy. I want to have the the black experience through my lens and through what I see to kind of emit through the the art. so, it's, it, whenever I go to like book festivals or schools and I talk to somebody and I, and I listen to people and just to hear them say, you know, I see my cousin in your book. I see that this book really speaks to me. That That's the greatest thing that I could hear for me because it just it makes me feel good that, yes, uh, it's working.
0: Was this identity about your struggle or what other people made you feel?
1: Just am I black enough? That's a good question. Oh, uh, I think as a kid, others, you know, because kids, kids are kids, you know, sometimes if you're a little different, they, they're going to call you out on it. So if they seen me and, uh, and my mom, you know, she's as, she was as white as white could be. And she dressed me, you know, the best way she could, you know, and had my hair grown out and would part it. And I just, it made me speak a certain way and act a certain way and I was just like so when I wanted to make her proud and do what she said you know the kids in the neighborhood because I grew up in the valley like right off of Seneca on Seneca Drive right the longest time um sometimes here we bounced around throughout Syracuse um you would be called out like you know you're you know you you, you, I would get called an Oreo or a zebra because there's like you know you're black and white. It just they just didn't understand. So I just felt so less than, and it carried on through high middle school and high school. And it, sometimes what happened as an adult and you know as a young adult, you I would deal with it. But you know after a while it became so ingrained in me that I didn't feel black enough. And then just and, it, mm. and,
0: and is that something you? So and was it that black folk didn't accept you or was it that white folk made you like, did you not have a home? Is that what you felt? Did you feel homeless t-
1: to some extent? I, I did. I, you know what? There were times where I did, because the thing is, and it's funny, I said that in my thesis. That was in the, my introduction. I was like, I wasn't black enough for them. And I was not and I was too dark for the other. So I was but I was ex. I was accepted. I felt accepted still, like even, you know, with for with with more white folks and black folks, I, I felt like comfortable in a to a degree. But I think some of those like wounds of the childhood really laid like just made me feel a certain type of way about myself and, you know as I get older and, and get out more and talk to more people and listen to more people, it's, it's, it's like, we, we just all go through these struggles. And I think, you know, I'm an only child. Uh, oh, my, so I come from siblings, a, right? Yeah. I don't have siblings to kind of lean on. Um, And, you know, my family was very isolated. It was just me and my mom forever. So it was like, your dad funny. never met him. Not on my social security, he's not on my, um, Birth certificate or nothing. I don't even know who he could walk through this door, and I would not even know it was him. Is that part uh, of it? You think identity-wise? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because what I was thinking is,
0: oh well, don't you have you know uh, cousins and, and and things of that nature? Where some of that, but you know, what's interesting, I I, I I'm, I'm asking you this because the gift that you give us out of your own identity crisis is this beautiful expression of all of the different shades of who we are and all of our glory and all of our uniqueness right Mm -hmm. and so in some ways would it could be said that god chose you in that struggle in order for the expression of that struggle to be illustrated in all these wonderful books
1: yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. It to hear that 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 means a lot because it's funny when I do work on like even if I'm doing personal stuff, like sketchbook stuff, personal stuff just to kind of like just to kind of have fun, be creative or if I'm doing books, you know, I'm always trying to find the soul within, especially the eyes. Mm. It's the subtle expression, you know, even on the cover of black gold i you know you know the way it's a profile, but yet who is this person looking at some mm-hmm. like at this point of the book, the child is speaking, and the child is speaking to someone it could be you don't know if you when you you read the book and I'll actually go to the page um and I love the page because it's like as if it's a, like an affirmation to themselves and to the person whoever is there whoever that you think as the reader that they are talking to you know because it, it like it says right here on the page here where the, the cover is and it says when they ask where you come from tell them i am from a place that is rich dark and full of everything that gives life i was kissed by the sun cradled by the moon and wrapped in love yeah. and like as you can see the 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 child's mouth is partially open so it's speaking in the in utterance mm-hmm. and you can see like the just the, even in the profile they're not they're not looking at you but they're looking off mm-hmm. and they're speaking too so i think that is like with, when i do books like i just did a book on merley evers williams mm-hmm. and i and i She's and, more um uh... President of, of the uh, NAACP, America. Medgar Evers' widow, just an American. Medgar widow. Life. Yes, 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 yes. And the thing is, like, there's, there's, like, and I use that as an example, um, with, with Black Gold and even you So Black. Like, I gotta feel it in the work. Yeah. Like I like I gotta keep working on something to make sure that I get an emotional response from it.
0: You. This is what your quote is: Art comes from an emotional place spills from the deepest parts of my spirit and poured into the work I create for the people to see themselves with pride, strength, dignity, perseverance, and
1: power. It's yeah. you that. Your words. Yeah. And yeah. that's what you're saying. Yeah. And it, that's, that's what it has to be. You know, when I, the projects that I, that I take, the projects that I accept, like even if they're editorial jobs, like they, they got to speak even like there was this uh, one image, it was based on a book, uh, Parish, that was deals with family, like a matriarch who is dying, and the family is around and they're, they got they're dealing with each other as much as her eventual passing. And that comes from, you know, my own experience dealing with my own mother's passing and, mm-hmm. and understanding Like it's like a topical view of you're looking down as this person is in their final moments and the family is around her, surrounding her. And I think, you know, getting, I could have said no to that project, but I it spoke to my heart and I couldn't say no to it. And what I created was something that was very emotive. So the projects, even if they're editorial projects, like they got to mean something and, and have value. Um, the projects that I accept again, like the Merley one I that was not even a no-brainer um to to really tell her story. Um I did a book on that's coming out um, next later this year about black hair mm. you know, and, and talking to you know black people about their hair and just how much of an identity it is. So each page of that book talks about different aspects of black hair and I got to make sure that it's that it's not just Pictures that 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 there's something that's meaningful in that, and uh, you know even if I have to not make my deadlines and I have to ask for more time because I need to get it right. Mm. Like I'm doing a book on spirituals right now, and that's spirituals. I mean, it does. Whew, it's you, you, you're right. You you
0: got to go there. You got to yeah. go. You got to absolutely go there, and really that has to come from right. Mm-hmm. It's not just blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. No, you got to be guided with that.
1: Right. It is. It I is. I mean, I'm, I'm just
0: assuming. I'm I'm going with what I feel you're saying.
1: Yeah. I, I feel exactly. what you're saying. Yeah, because there's a picture right back there. You can't see it. I think it's off to the side yeah. over here. There's a page. Like, I was, I was like, really stuck because it was, like, they wanted us like, a slave era scene. And I'm like, I don't want to go to, I cannot they, I I needed like not do slavery, but then I had somebody suggest like why don't you do a slave revolt? And I was mm-hmm. like yes. So it was like this page is like, oh god, when I because when I see the page, it's sitting there half done, and you can you know what I'm gonna show you. You know I'm just I gotta show you. So, you know, but like. Whenever I start do this page and you kind of can see, uh,
0: yes, can
1: see right here and here's the sketch right down here, uh-huh. of the revolt and like this is like just a reference. So, I just so the way sketch
0: it. is in black and white. Is that how
1: it starts? Obviously. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, so it starts in like black and white. And the thing is, it's like, like that right there, that guttural, that scream, because like the the, the spiritual that this is invoking is like oh freedom oh freedom oh freedom over me and before i be a slave i'll be buried in my grave and go home to my lord and be free Mm. i couldn't imagine in like in that revolt like there's no going back like we are not we are not slaves anymore we are it's freedom or death pretty much and Mm. You know, that scene, like, when I see this scene, I was like, I love this scene so much. It's going to take me a few weeks to really, because I got to go into, like, a really deep place for this. To get that scream and that, just that, just that, like, right there, that holler, that almost like. And you chose a woman. Yes. Yes. You noticed that, huh? Uh -huh.
0: (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah. I know there's a whole lot of reasons for that.
1: Oh, my mama's boy. I can't help it. Yes. Yeah. I got a daughter. Um, Yes. I I like women. Yes. The power of women. We, we are, we are secondary. I'm sorry. I, my books, you'll see, like, they're more gender specific.
0: You give it, um, you, you're, it's in. So what, wow. This really speaks to me. What I'm feeling you say is that you're almost giving black women the power they never had in some ways i'm just reaffirming the power that they have the power that they have but like truth right thank you for that redirect right Mm -hmm. re reaffirming the power that they have and demonstrating that because now when i think about it right you never they're not meant well i don't want to say there's not many but the more images of revolt that's also affirming Right, because it's not just that we had to take it. There were lots of people always planning and figuring out how am I going to get, how are we going to get to the other side?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so we had to survive in some way. Wow, London, you 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 deep, bro. You deep. This I want to go back to this question. Of not I just want to comment on what you said about identity, right? And are you black enough? And that's a conversation that uh transcends even it transcends biracial identity identity because it's also about what is what does it mean to be black Mm -hmm. right is it food is it culture is it mannerisms is it a certain place and time and lit you know what is it right and to Mm -hmm. me there's certain cultural familiarities but like to but but then if you look at class and status not everybody's experiencing the same thing right Mm -hmm. To me it's like faith, it's food, it's culture, it's all of the above, and I will, this is what I will say to anybody who's watching and listening. There's no one way to be black. Okay, so you as black as you want to be doing whatever you want to do. So whether whether I'm an equestrian, whether i'm a swimmer, I could do anything I want to want to do, and because i'm in this skin it's black. Okay, that's how I see it. Now, y'all might have some other things to say about that. But I don't feel like there's one way to be black. And I think throughout, sometimes it gets categorized into one thing, as if everybody's had that one kind of experience, there's some similar experiences. Now look, I know what I need to hear and feel in church. I'm gonna just tell you, I go to church, I know what I want to feel when I go. Mm-hmm. Period, right i want it to be black <laughs> that to be, i don't love that the, the 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 faith of the you know faith and uh is is universal i got that but certain things i just i just want mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to hear i want to hear that i want to i want to hear mother hum and sing and, you know anyway that that's good enough what we talking about with london lad here is the fact that during the Martin Luther King Jr. Celebration, which will take place next Sunday, or this Sunday coming up, the 21st, the doors open at 415 for the Art Gallery. Folks like London will be there to sell. uh, They'll have books for sale. They'll have uh, signed books for sale, other prints and other things. And you get to do that as part of your dinner ticket, mlk.syr.edu. Hurry up. Your ticket for your dinner get you entrance into the art gallery. Now, if you don't go to the dinner, you just wanna go to the free program, which starts at seven o'clock, but the doors open at six, sorry, you don't get to go in the art gallery and you don't get to meet London. So listen, get your tickets, mlk.syr.edu for the MLK uh, celebration. And uh, London, just, you know, uh, before we go, I just wanna get to your, how you got to be London lad, the in this illustrator, and what that process was for you as a kid, and how that talent was nurtured. Where do you train? And then, when did you know you made it?
1: Uh, let's see. We'll start off. Well, pretty much, I'm born and raised in Syracuse. Born in Kraus Hospital. Um, pretty much, I I I went to uh, the city school district. Pretty much, Meacham. Then I went to Delaware, then I left for a year out into the suburbs, but came back and went to Clary, Corcoran, class of 91, OCC, got my associates there. That's where I really started to kind of do art, like study art. I did it a little bit in high school at Corcoran, but OCC is where I really said, maybe I want to do this. Transferred to Syracuse University, took me a while to get my degree there, graduated in 2006. Live life, the ups and downs of the career. Um, again, published books. I, I I could say that you know i've I've had a lot of I'm in the double digits of published books. So there's a lot of people who have not made it have not even had one book. Um, and you know, I've been in the New York Times, which is a dream job, and I, and there's so many other great publications that I've been a part of. And then I decided to go back to grad school in twenty nineteen because I, I, just, I just wanted to just do more art. I just needed to really learn, be a student again and learn and just kind of strip down uh, creatively. And then I got my uh, MFA in 2022. Um, and I really, you know, I, I'm just about, I think where I know I made it is when I'm getting the projects that I've always dreamed of. Mm-hmm. And my schedule I'm busy for the next two years, to next three years, pretty much. I'm busy into twenty twenty five um i'm I so I'm very happy. you know i I'm doing projects that I can only dream of. Again, I mentioned Merle Evers doing that book, doing a book on black hair, doing book on poetry based on poetry. Um, you know, I'm doing a book on spirituals. And I'm teaching up at the university, which is great. Is that why it. you went back for your MFA? To teach? hmm No, no, actually, believe it or not, this that's this is like I went back basically because I needed I needed to learn. Like again, if you look at the work in like my early work, like the 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 Frederick Douglass book, the Oprah book that I did. You look at that work, it's completely different than the recent books. Did you see what you just did there?
0: Hmm. The Oprah book. You just kind of glossed over the fact that you did the Oprah book.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, but you know, I I like the 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 work that was done in those early books. They were part of my journey to here, mm-hmm. and what I want to do even more. I mean, what I, changed
0: technique techniques wise because you now want to refine your talent? What? How did the lines change? How did your perspective change? How did how did you become a better artist because you went to training? Because some people would say my free hand and my instinct is all I need but you wanted to refine that so what changed for you I stopped being afraid
1: Mm. I let fear dictate me I when I was getting all the the books in the civils civil rights and the civil war era I was comfortable and afraid to step out of that and then I got trapped in it and I became more afraid and I guess it wasn't until my mother's passing in 2019 that I was like that was the last family that I really had. I mean, I have aunts and uncles, but we don't talk as much. I love them, but we don't talk. There's not much communication. So it's pretty much when my mom passed, that was pretty much my whole family except for my daughter. Mm-hmm. So I had to push fear aside and just like, you know what, go to grad school. It's going to cost money, but to make money, you got to spend money. So I think the biggest thing is being more fearless. Um, and, by not be, even the stuff that I'm doing now like like what I'm trying to do with the spirituals book what I'm trying to do in this book on the Gullah Geechee people um the gathering table the, the the with the stuff that I'm doing in these books like I'm spending a lot of time just thinking about what I'm going to do and then like you there's a post it that's on above my easel over there that says no fear so I got to look at that every time I get fearful and feel like I can't this is too much and look up at that, no fear. And then just go forward and just try things out and see where they work. And if they work, great. If they don't, on to the next one. Um, and not being afraid to fail. not afraid, And I don't think it's failure, just like setbacks. And not to really be somebody that lets fear guide them in ways that takes them out of their calling or their destiny or anything. What is your calling and what inspires you in that calling? What is it? What what inspired? What is my call? Oh, goodness. I, I would, it's so easy to say, yes, I want to do. I think my, I believe my call. That's a good question. You stumped me. You got me stumped there.
0: Um, So then what inspires you then? Hmm what inspires you
1: what what inspires me is to really do work that make sure that my work comes from my heart and from a genuine place from my heart that's probably that would be it um because if it doesn't, if I'm struggling and 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 it doesn't come from that deep place, because that's what comes from my heart, pushes me through any fear or roadblocks that may hinder my journey.
0: And, and, And finally, London, how has your finding yourself in your identity as a Black man helped to Inform the art you do now.
1: Oh, with confidence. It just it's just giving me confidence, an understanding of myself and where I stand and where, who who I am, to me and where that's what it matters the most. Um, that I am more like I said before. I said I I am more than enough, um, and I think knowing that I'm much more confident. In what I do, and how I live my life, and how I create, how I teach, how I choose to love the people in my life, who do I choose to be friends with? It comes from a place full of confidence, joy, and love, and appreciation, and respect. Um, so I think with that, that you know, it's it's pretty much, and again, it's that 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 fine line of confidence and arrogance, but. It's got to got to keep that sense of humility with that confidence, um, and I I really think that that's probably the the key to my to my longevity and my success. Get to meet London Lad again next Sunday, four
0: fifteen. The gallery opens at the JMA Wireless Dome. You can order your tickets for the Martin Luther King Jr. 39th annual celebration. Keynote speakers, Dr. Talithia Williams, and you can have a wonderful time meeting some great artists. mlk.syr.edu, londonlad.com, uh, to see London's uh, illustrations and his work. And man, London, long time coming, yeah. but we're glad that we had a chance. We, we, we did have you on WCNY back in the day uh but that was back 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 in the day glad to see you again here on inspiration for the nation keep up the good work and before we go the name of that book you so black who is the author of that uh teresa the songbird teresa the songbird and 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 then is she the one that actually did the poem did this on the on you said was on the The Bounce Awards, you said?
1: Yeah, like if you go to YouTube and you type in You So So Black, Teresa, the song, and just just look at the live one from the the award show, she, woo, you hear that. The thing is, when I heard her do that, I was like, I had to tell, So I think I told my daughter, I was like, how am I going to represent, how am I going to get that, the blackness that she emitted out? How am I going to show that in my work? Um, But I really feel like it, it, I... I'm so happy with the results. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's a it's a great book. I I love him very much. His books, London Land. Somebody we feel good about here. At
0: Inspiration for the nation. Thank you.
1: Thank you.